All right, what's up, guys? Back here, Southeastern 14 reaction show. Um, Blaine joining as always. Uh, I decided to hop on this week, Blaine. Uh, probably a good week I decided to hop on, right? Like, this it's been no nuts today. Nuts, man. Absolutely crazy. I mean, you never, that's what we've come to know here in the 2023 in the SEC. Expect the unexpected because that's what's going to happen uh, in this league. We've talked about parody. I don't think it's parody. I just think it's craziness. I mean, absolutely. Teams each and every week, you don't know what you're going to get identity wise out of these teams. And, you know, some of them are still searching for it. And all the Kentucky faithful in here, I just want to say, I am your guy. I predicted Kentucky to go 10 and 2 this year, at least over there, maybe 11 and 1, and they are off to the start. I, but I did have it wrong, Blake, because I thought it would be Devin Leary driving the bus, and it is Ray Davis driving the bus. <laughs> Ray Davis driving the bus. He's driving the, he's driving everything right now. Um, Welcome but, here, Chris. Yeah, Chris is here. Hello, Chris. I'm going to talk about my <laughs> Kentucky bet this week while Chris is getting oh, set God. up. But I I told Chris earlier in the week, I said, and you, Chris, you were questioning me here. And I, and I understand because you you saw firsthand the part of the game, well, all the game against Vanderbilt that Kentucky played. But I told you, I said, Chris, I have no idea why Kentucky is only a, at the time, it was like two and a half point favorite against Florida. And then that line started moving towards Florida. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but said i'm not ready to declare florida just yet a team that i'm going to fully buy into until they win this kind of game um on the road against a good team and i know people say well florida or kentucky hasn't played anybody they've been inconsistent all that but i just thought this was a great spot for kentucky and you know obviously it turned out that way but yeah i i i haven't been all the way with blame but like i've been getting there in terms of like blaine was all in on kentucky from the start and I know Devin Leary's had some inconsistencies and all that, but I mean, this was the kind of game that when you got a Ray Davis, you can you can do some good things with a guy like that leading the way. Well, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there on them. I just did not really know with either team what to make of them because there's been times where Florida's looked pretty good. There's been times where Kentucky looked pretty mediocre, and. Kentucky looked great today. I mean, Ray Davis, I saw him a ton last year. I didn't know Ray Davis had this in him. I said, guys, he's a guy that's a good receiver. He can pass protect. He can do a lot of stuff that maybe gets overlooked. But the one thing I said about him was, hey, he's he's not a breakaway guy, right? He's not a breakaway. Oh, Ray Davis goes and has blown all that up in the first few weeks. And look, maybe it's maybe it's he's playing behind a, a better offensive line than the assemblage of whatever that is that Vanderbilt has thrown out there the last couple of years. I, I just saw that mess today, um, getting home from that. But yeah, I mean that that was he's tremendous. You know, and I think Kentucky left some meat on the bone today, guys. I mean, I didn't think that. And they took the gas. They took the foot off the accelerator. I think, well, there. but I mean, Leary missed a couple opportunities early. It was just continued inconsistency. And, and Ray Davis just said, screw that all. I'm going to bail all you guys out. Oh, hey, real oh, quickly, yeah. guys, um, just to quickly add in, if you're hopping in here, you know, we try to let everybody get in at the start. But uh, as always, check out that scroll at the bottom. We are looking for advertiser sponsors for this show and all our other shows here on the channel. Caroline.Smith at Southeastern14.com. Reach out to her, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, sponsor, advertise here on our show, any show. 
we have here at Southeastern 14. But please continue, Blaine. Particularly if you're inebriated right now, please send Caroline yes, an email. Now. Let her know that your business would love to sponsor us, and then we'll go from there. Also, you can get a nice little discount. If you've enjoyed game day, but you're still a little bit hungry at the end of the day, or you need a quick snack, get some chomps, okay? They got three different. You got venison, you got beef, you got turkey, all kinds of good stuff. So check that out in the description as well. We'll have that going uh, in the description, I'm sure. So. Um, back to you, Chris. Back to you, Chris. Brick <laughs> Tamlin reporting live. There's, there's a comment Brian there, Fantana but I'll just, the... I'll just leave it. Um, man, what a whirlwind of games that that LSU. Can we talk about LSU, Ole Miss. Let's just get into that one real yeah, quick. And I didn't because... get to see much of it, but the last five minutes was, uh, I think, looked like indicative of of the way the whole game was played. Just nuts, man. I mean, look. Well, LSU, I, what happened to LSU's defense? I mean, did we not think LSU had dudes on defense? Well, that has been, last, my goodness. Let's look at last year, okay? There were lapses last year, and then they then they lost. They lost, uh, you know, a bunch of secondary members, had to go in the portal, and we thought, okay, well, we just trust this offense so much, which – that turned out to be pretty good. This offense is pretty good that that they'll score enough points that the defense doesn't have to be great. But we didn't know that it was going to be hashtag hot dog water, uh, as I like to say. And they are awful. Can't stop anybody. Over 700 yards of offense for Ole Miss in this game. And I think, Blake, I think Jackson Dart uh, put himself squarely in the Heisman race tonight. Look, I mean, after last week, I think it was – we all said like that was such a huge game. You felt like for the psyche of Ole Miss last week, like you, even if you didn't win, you want to go in and play good and play and play pretty well there. They didn't play well. And, you know, Alabama just completely shut them down. And so to me, this was an opportunity to kind of bounce back and you just said it. I mean, the way they bounce back, like, yeah, I think you, you have to fully buy in now on Jackson dart to be able to come back with this kind of performance he took what LSU gave him. They made a lot of big plays. And let's let's be honest, too, guys, getting Trey Harris back was significant. We've been waiting um, and just kept yeah. saying, hey, when they get him back, that we, we know what he did in those first couple games. And so he goes for, what, eight receptions, 153 yards, touchdown. Um, how many big plays did they have in this game? I came into the game talking about how many big plays LSU made this season. What was it, like seven guys that had plays of 38 or longer this year offensively? Ole Miss has plays in this game of, what, 63, 56, 43, 37. Um, and so, yeah, just pretty pretty remarkable stuff. And, hey, Brian Kelly was saying all week, and I'm, I'm trying to find the quote here, but, I mean, he kept talking about the secondary. He's like, look, we got young corners that don't have a lot of experience. Safeties have to be more consistent. They're trying to do too much. Well, we saw what LSU did – we saw what Ole Miss did to him here, and so I don't think that's going to help the problems this week, so. No doubt, no doubt. Guys, if you're in here and you want to uh, do so, you can throw us a super chat. We'll make sure to get to your questions on here. Definitely that helps out. It helps us put out more content. Uh, greatly appreciated when you do those, and then we'll be answering questions as we go throughout. But, Chris, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that uh, Ole Miss team? I know you and uh, Neil McCready have, have talked over this Ole Miss team a lot, you know, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts now that – they lose to Alabama, but then they come home and Lane Kiffin really gets his signature win of his career. He'd never had a big win like this before, but now he does. Well, I think that was the thing is the well-documented Lane Kiffin record against teams that win eight or nine games or whatever the stat was where they're they're one in 20 or whatever. And 
look, we don't know what else is going to end up, but it seems like it's that kind of team. And, and they go to Alabama, what seems to be a golden opportunity. They wet the bed. Uh, I'm not going to say Lane Kiffin's on the hot seat, but certainly people, he, he's done some stuff that's built up, right? You had the, the stuff with the Auburn flirtation last year, and people kind of spent the offseason getting over that. And then he went and stirred it all up again. So I just didn't know, like, do they have, were they going to be good enough to come back from all that? Uh, the, the Judkins struggles have been an issue. So I, I just had a lot of questions about Ole Miss and, and the health of their receiving core has been something we've talked about every week. Um, so to to go and get one today against LSU in a spot where, look, we, we've been talking for ever since that Florida State game. LSU has kind of looked like a playoff team. You know, we, we didn't know if if it could afford, if it got another loss somewhere, if that would happen. But optics, LSU looked like a playoff team. I, I think for Ole Miss to answer the bell the way that it did today uh, was was really, really impressive. And then defensively, there's some issues, but my, my goodness, um, Lane Kiffin showed us why he's an offensive genius again. Do you realize, though, that I know we say hot seat and stuff like that if, if things don't go well, but do we realize that Lane Kiffin – with his victory tonight, I think he just tied Houston Nutt as the eighth-ranked all-time winningest coach in Ole Miss history. So he's and before the end of the year, he'll be the seventh, uh, seventh-ranked winningest coach in Ole Miss history. So he he's doing some pretty incredible things in a program that has had peaks of success at different times, but Blake it hadn't been consistent. He's turned it into a pretty consistent winner over there. You know, one of the things I said coming into this game and um, why I think I was like, maybe I pick LSU here is I think Ole Miss fans have said it. Like, you've been waiting to see them win a game against it, like what feels like an elite team, like a top-tier team. Because last year, right, we talked about the schedule. They they did a lot of the work up front against teams that weren't quite to that level, and they started losing to the teams that were better than them is what most, you know, thought. And so I think they were just searching for, like, what's that next sort of big signature-type win? It feels like this is it. Um, again, just based on what our expectations were for LSU. And like Chris said, the way they'd been playing recently. And yeah, I mean, this was, this was huge for them guys, because now, you know, you start to look ahead. This is where you can start having fun with looking ahead. I mean, they get Arkansas next week and we'll talk about them in a second. Um, that could be trouble for the Razorbacks. They get a week off then they go to Auburn, you know, Vanderbilt after that, A&M at home after that, like now you're really starting to look at this for Ole Miss, I think looking ahead. But as we know, every week, in a week like this is just completely wild. You never know what's going to happen, but this was the performance bouncing back from that Alabama game. You absolutely want to see. Cause they had 706 yards today, 706. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Alabama too, I do want to say that Mississippi state has been moving the ball up and down the field on Alabama tonight. They weren't able to punch it in the red zone, but man, they are starting to really move the football uh, on them. So I'm just telling you, I think as a whole, not only the SEC, Chris, as you've mentioned several times, but college football as a whole, I just, like you said, Blake, every single week you can't look too far ahead because you don't know what you're going to get out of e these teams every week, really. No. Well, in, right. in Georgia, I mean, Georgia's yeah. like the one thing that we sort of, the closest thing we feel like a team we can hang our hat on. I mean, Georgia had to white-knuckle it to the finish line today against Auburn. Trailed right. by, by, what, 10 points in the first quarter? You ready for my take on Georgia? Let's go. All right, here's the deal. I've been very, very critical of the Georgia 
uh, football team in terms of when they've played teams that are much lesser competition, a.k.a. not SEC teams, UT Martin, Ball State, uh, UAB, because I thought I saw some things that were not great habits, uh, weren't disciplined on on defense at times, and that reared its head today in the run game against Auburn and things like that. But I will tell you this, this win for Georgia – was incredibly important for them going forward in, for, in terms of how it happened. Carson Beck had a missed touchdown throw to Oscar Delp early, and then he had an interception that kind of his fault, kind of not. The guy came through the back of, of Marcus Roseman. Jack Saint made a really good play. Hey, that's a ball you got to try to fit in there. That's fine. But in the second half of that game, Carson Beck goes 16 of 20 and just rips off over 200 yards of, of passing in the second half and has a humongous day and leads a incredible drive at the end where Brock Bowers just showed why he's maybe the the greatest tight end to ever play the game of college football. I mean, he's, he's yeah, really, Oh, my really, goodness. That play was incredible. I think even though it's not, you know, a dominant win like we've seen Georgia do sometimes in the past, that's going to pay dividends for Georgia going forward, Blake and Chris, because Carson Beck, I think, realized today, hey, I belong in this league. I can do this because Auburn is not bad defensively at all. They are not. They've got some good players, good guys on the back end. Uh, uh, Asante, the linebacker, is a stud. Jalen McLeod does some good things. So I think this is going to pay off for Georgia. They got to get the running game figured out a little bit because their running backs are all kinds of a mess. I think they need to move Dylan Bell over there permanently uh, for that. But I think this was a huge, huge step forward for Carson Beck. Yeah, I agree. I thought, and Blaine and I mentioned this before we started recording, but yeah, I mean, just think about just some big plays, big throws, put them in a position, you know, right there at the end. And that's what you, all you can really ask for. It doesn't matter if you're the team that's a two-time defending national champion and all this, but like, you just have to put yourself in a position on the road in the SEC to have a chance to win the game at the end. And they did that. And again, that's what you want to see out of a, a guy that's leading your team and taking over such a prestigious position now at georgia where it's like hey you're expected to go in and win a national championship every year and this was kind of that you know like blaine said maybe called a turning point whatever you want to call it but like this was a big step forward i thought and you know i said going in the game we talked about this yesterday chris on the daily show i said hey these are two teams that start slow like these are two teams this season that had just not put up a lot of good offense early on and we you know i thought this played into auburn's hands right off the bat is they came out early and like, all right, let's kind of maybe punch them in the mouth a little bit and let's see what happens here. And, you know, I think the way the game set up, you're like, okay, Auburn's going to have a chance here till the end probably because of how they started. And I said the common theme, Missouri game last year for Georgia, South yeah. Carolina game. Christopher Black said, he said when, yeah. when Georgia almost lost to Missouri last year, they had three turnovers. Today, Georgia had two. And that you go look at the box score. It's not like Georgia played terrible. They were great on third down. It was just turnovers and then Auburn turned those two turnovers into points. That is exactly what happened in this game. Yep. I that's the formula. So Blaine, Blaine I want to ask you something. Uh because I'm I'm looking at the box score and I, I watched bits and pieces of that game. Um I know the rushing yards Auburn had 219. I know a lot of that came on that 61 yard Peyton Thorne run at the first of the game. You take that out of it and, and they're what 42 carries for a buck 50-ish, and they threw for 88 yards. Was that a case where you thought Georgia's defense was pretty good accepting that one play? 
I thought Georgia's defense was pretty good, except on a couple of key times they lost contain. And 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 the problem with it is, is Georgia plays, Chris, I don't know if you, how much you've watched on the back end of stuff in terms of looking how they align and stuff, but a lot of times Georgia will align in such a way, like put their defensive end head up on a tackle where it looks like, hey, nothing else is out there on the edge. Well, the reason yeah. they can do that is because they have safeties that can come from 10 yards deep and be force players. Well, a couple yeah. of times they were a little bit late coming down and making that, and then they had some missed tackles on the perimeter. So I think setting the edge and keeping contain has been a little bit of a struggle uh, for Georgia in, in the early going of that, which is not characteristic. I mean, Tyke Smith has played incredible for Georgia, but even him, he had three missed tackles out on the perimeter today that, that hurt him in some key situations. Not enough to – let Auburn break it, but just enough to let them extend drives a couple of times. Uh, I think they were five for 15 on third down or something Auburn was. So it wasn't like they kept going, uh, you know, extending drives. But Georgia, just enough to, you know, how the clock rules are now. You just get a one first down in a drive. That helps shorten the game yeah. a little bit with the way things are now. So I don't think Georgia's got to hit the panic button on defense. I think they've just got a couple of things that they'll clean up and uh, they'll be they'll be all right. That I'm intrigued about the Kentucky matchup next week because most of Kentucky's power running game is actually built through the middle. It's not like a uh, it's it's not like a power sweep on the outside type thing um, that that Georgia uh, that that Georgia faced with Auburn and they have no threat of quarterback run with Leary. So I think it's going to be a great game between Georgia and Kentucky next week night game in Athens. Guys, um, again, we got a lot of people in here. So if you want to get your chat thrown on the screen, we're trying to keep up with these, but frankly, we're not going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, the best way to do that is leave us a super chat. Um, it can be literally one cent, but if you leave a super chat, we will not miss it in the comments that are scrolling through on the on the back uh, part here of our software. So um, yeah, if you want to have your comment highlighted, uh, send us a super chat. It's Sonny, Sonny Parker. He's been with Blaine all year. That's right. Kentucky. Riding the Kentucky train right here, uh, me and Sonny over here. I, but I will say, Sonny, I was totally wrong on why uh, I thought, because I thought Devin Leary was going to be a stud. How about your guy, uh, Mike Wright there, Chris, with a touchdown against Alabama, 15-yard touchdown run a little while ago? Well, I'm, I'm watching um, I'm watching Tennessee, South Carolina, so I missed that. I've only got one screen where I am, but and, th and this touchdown is coming back for a block in the back. But what has happened to South Carolina's special teams? Uh, just gave up a touchdown again. Maybe block in the back sprung that, but that was a goodness. It looked like they even dropped the the coverage. Just wasn't there on that. Um, and by the way, South Carolina's problems. We thought Tennessee could. Uh, we circled the ways that Tennessee could expose South Carolina tonight, starting with. Uh, a disruptive front seven that gets after the passer. And, and, and boy, have we seen that Spencer Rattler nearly stepped out of the end zone for safety a minute ago. And yeah, uh, it, it feels like Carolina is hanging on by a thread in, in some ways. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that here tonight in Knoxville. Yeah. They're always hanging by a thread over there in Columbia. That's just, how well, I, I think we need to be more generous than that. I think they've Shane. I'll put it. I think Shane Beamer has got everything he could squeeze out of the talent so far, but you could tell that they're kind of hanging on by the Rattler Leggett combo. And you're just thinking, that, okay, you know, the, the, the pass rush that you get him hit one time and, and, that could be over for him. I think the drop off from him to Doty or whoever their two is, 
is going to be huge. And, and again, special teams is the one thing that we've been able to count on for them. Um, and with that sort of removed, uh, that eats into the margin frayer a little bit more too. So, guys, we're twenty minutes in, and there is a team that is five and zero right yep. now. I saw them in another Columbia, and you were there, Chris. Oh, oh. The Missouri Tigers, five and zero. My bold prediction came true. It's probably the only one of the fourteen teams we did. Probably the <laughs> only one that came true. Um, because I think another one was like, um, some of them just are not going to come true, but that one somehow did. And Missouri is five and zero heading into a game against an LSU team that has multiple losses now. So think about that, which I know LSU probably won't be too happy, but still, I mean, the setup is there for a wild game, Tiger versus Tiger next week. Um, battle of the jungle between those two next week. And so the jungle cats and Como. <laughs> that's it. Like that is what's going to happen next week when those two teams play. But Chris, your thoughts on the Missouri Tigers, which you saw in person today. Um, I don't know if my guy Dennis Gates was there, but still, I'm sure it was a pleasant experience for the Missouri fan base to see their team move to five and zero. Okay, let, let's start here with Missouri. Uh, let, let's start by saying Vanderbilt does not generate a pass rush without help, uh, so they didn't really put Brady Cook under a lot of duress today. Vanderbilt also started two freshman corners, so there's that that was. You know, it, it, it's a little bit easier when you're facing that. But that said, man, I don't – guys, I, he threw the ball about 40 times today. I don't know that he threw one bad ball all day. He hit uh, he hit three different guys for touchdowns. I think if you're Missouri, Theo, we stepped up today, I think had 10 or 11 catches, had seven in the first half. They really got Burden going in the second half. They threw Luther Burden two touchdowns, which one of these over-the-shoulder things – one of them, he's looking back into the sun. Ball was thrown perfectly. He made a great play. So I, I want to give a shout-out to Brady Cook because I know that that Vanderbilt has got the worst defense in the league. And, and again, magnified by playing freshman corners. But, man, I, I don't think that Brady Cook threw a bad ball all day. I think that we have really slept on him as a player. I think you could argue, and, and there's a lot of season to go, guys, a lot of season to go. I think you could argue right now, if you're if you're making the argument for first team quarterback in this league, I think Brady Cook has got to be in that discussion. I'm not saying he's the guy. Um, you got Spencer Rattler out at South Carolina. We've talked about him, you know, running for his life, making plays. Uh, with Brady Cook, it's been a little bit. He's got a little bit more offensive line. Well, he's got a lot more offensive line help, but was was super impressed with what he showed today. Yeah, no, he, he's playing really great. Uh, Missouri is uh, – we know – we came into the year knowing that they're so experienced on defense and they they just have so much talent over there on that side of the ball. But goodness gracious, uh, loser burden and then Brady Cook playing that way, I think that's really good. How about this, guys? I'm just got to thinking about it. With the way Kentucky's playing and they're coming to Athens ne next week and then a few weeks later after the Florida game, Missouri – uh, comes into Athens, and then Ole Miss is going to come to Athens. People wanted to talk about Georgia's schedule being the easiest schedule out there and everything. As mm -hmm. Deion Sanders says, that might be a little bit of bull junk now because those guys, uh, those guys are that's some that's some sporty uh, sporty teams that are going to be rolling in Athens. So I think there's going to be some really good games uh, over over in the Northeast Georgia area before too long. Yeah, I'd love I to mean, see that game in Lexington. 
This is guys. Andy sorry, says, I was pulling that up too, Blaine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, though, right? I, we have to look at the schedule, I guess, next week. But I would always well, Texas, um, Texas, Texas A&M, Bama, but and Texas Oklahoma uh, too next week, right? So I wonder if that's, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe they. Yeah, but uh, but I'm sure like big noon kickoff or something depends on if they want to double right. dip over there. Yeah, that's right with all that kind of stuff. Um, listen, guys, Alabama seventeen ten with Mississippi State. And with three minutes to go in the second quarter, now Bama's got the ball and they're driving a little bit. But this is a Bama team, much like we talked about Georgia. You know, I think as Carson Beck keep like with what he did today, I think they're gonna uh, get made more and more explosive offensively. But I don't know if it's a team that can just just pull away from people offensively like they've done in the past. And I don't know that Bama is either. Uh, that would worry me, I think. And that's why, like, you know, as I guess um, one of the expert betting guys now with my show with Brian Edwards, I feel like I'm Brian's just like making me bet all these games. You're getting so, betting tips through osmosis. <laughs> I think so. But listen, uh, just quickly on that Kentucky, I'd like to thank you. Auburn, I'd like to thank you for keeping it within 14 and a half. Um, remember, good, good teams win, great teams cover. That's how this thing works. Um, I'd like to thank Ole Miss, two and a half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, that's interesting with Alabama. I just don't know that, you know, yes, there are some teams that if Alabama was a 21 point favorite against Vanderbilt, I'd probably be fine with that. But like, it's just, I don't trust the offense enough to like, feel like they are multiple touchdown or 10 to 12, like points right now, especially on the road. Like it, it would worry me just based on what we've seen so far. So. Like they're averaging, what was it under six yards of play coming into tonight? And I think it was about that much under, but. Still, I mean, that's not Who's that? Alabama. Which Alabama. Alabama, yeah. Well, Milrow just completed a clutch third down. Now, if he can do stuff like that, then then that helps out Alabama a lot because, you know, they're going to have time for him to throw a lot of times against a lot of these pass rushes. Now, you're not going to face a pass rush like Texas like they did early on every week. So, when he's got time and he can go through reads and stuff, he's got plenty of a strong arm. But I just worry about, you know, sometimes him getting locked on guys and things like that. So, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to watch this Georgia offense going forward, the Alabama offense going forward, but Kentucky and Missouri are right there with people, right there with people now. Poor Donovan. Just yeah. for everyone in the comments knows, Donovan, the resident Auburn fan, goes to the game, cheering on his team. He bets on Georgia to try to hedge things, loses the bet. His team loses. It's just, but he said he got a, he said he got a red zone Chick-fil-A sandwich for free earlier. So <laughs> at least he got something out of this deal, you know? Congratulations, Donovan. It's almost basketball season. Not, not only has uh, this Saints for Christ Nation says Kentucky has won every single game so far this year by double-digit points. Mm. Not only that, but they have started for the first time since, I believe, 2007. They've scored at least 28 points in every game that they've, that they've played in, which that may not sound like a – astronomical number but for kentucky offensive standards even through the stoops era being that consistent and being able to put that up that number of points with that good of a defense guys that's a big deal yeah yep um all right guys one game we haven't talked about yet arkansas and a&m i've seen some oh, arkansas yeah. fans in the comments um i mean if, if we had to pick job security rankings after this week I mean, I'd say Sam Pittman's fallen pretty far into that. Um, whatever, you know, I don't, 
is he the top one? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is it somebody I'm forgetting? Um, but my question is, who do you think that if you're if you're Arkansas and you guys may know better in terms of ad, ad, the administration and, and that kind of thing, who do you really think you can go out and get that is going to be an improvement over because you're not going out and getting a name like a like a Kiffin or a Lincoln Riley or one of those type names that's going to be flashy and stuff like that. It's probably going to be a blue collar type guy or maybe a coordinator elevated up. I don't think you're going to get somebody making a lateral move. Um, from like the Big Ten or the SEC to Arkansas, so are you kind of say, hey, we gotta we gotta ride it out with Pittman for the rest of the season, and see what happens? Are you it's asking gonna what's going to happen or what what they should do? Yeah, what they could do. Like I'll let you start. No, I mean I look, I, I just I certainly sense the frustration now for Arkansas fans, and I think the frustration was there before this week. It started after the BY. It started. At times last year, but I think after the BYU game, you know, LSU game, yeah, you put yourself in a position to win. You know, it still comes down as another loss. Um, this game where I felt like, you know, I felt like with the way the game was going a little bit early on, you know, they get down, they make some plays and put themselves in a position, but like they just were never able to kind of convert when they had those opportunities to really, you know, maybe take control of the game or put themselves in front and find a way to stay there. Um, but I mean, Blaine brings up a point too. Like it is always a question of, I don't think Arkansas is probably the only fan base that's asked that question before in terms of, you know, it's like you make a move after this year or something, you know, is it better off staying kind of in, maybe you're not competing for the sec West every year title, but maybe it's once every five years. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, those are the questions I don't know fans are asking and I know they're frustrated though. Yeah, I, I, here's two things, and maybe this is just I like Sam Pittman. I don't know the guy. I just I like him. I, I root for him personally. I, I'm glad he's in this league. I think he makes it a, a better, more interesting league. Have we not forgotten how bad that situation was that he took over? Yeah, with Chad Morris. With Chad Morris and how quickly he made that. Because I, I thought that program was a couple of years away from respectability. Now, let, let's not forget, not, not too long before he took that job, Arkansas and Vanderbilt played in Fayetteville, and Vanderbilt won that one decisively, um, which should have probably told you something. I don't really understand why the the patience with him has gotten short. I have a feeling, and like I have, I have nothing against big expectations. It's it's the SEC. It's a big boy league that comes with the territory. Big aspirations. Big aspirations. That's big right. aspirations. That's a t shirt coming soon. But I mean, and I would love to hear from Arkansas fans on this, but. You look around, Dave Van Horn, he's got Arkansas contending for national titles every year in baseball. Eric Musselman's had it going in basketball since he got there. Uh, you know, they're always good in track and field. Uh, I think they've, um, you know, been good at, I don't really follow women's basketball, but they've been pretty good in that at, at times recently. It's one of those things where you look around and it seems like they're doing a lot of winning with other programs. And so sometimes that becomes the, hey, wait a minute. All these other sports are winning. Why isn't our biggest sport winning? And I wonder if Sam Pittman suffers from some of that. I, yeah, I I think today too. Like, and I'm just going to bring this question up, Blaine, because I know you've you've 
specifically made a video on this going into the season. Like, so we can talk about it from an Arkansas standpoint. And I know, again, there's probably not a lot of Arkansas fans in here necessarily, unless they just want to vent their frustrations. But um, I also, we can't discount the other side of this thing too. Like A&M, I think is becoming the team that. Yeah. My, I mean, Chris, you said last year, I, I was higher on A&M probably than anybody last year, but like you said, eh, maybe we just wait a little bit and see how this plays out. And like, you know, Jimbo said this was going to be the year. Last year he said this was going to be the year that this was going to come together. And so Blaine said he made the video, like why Texas A&M can win the SEC West this year. And now that you're seeing how this thing is unfolding, I mean, Blaine, they're they're right there. Yeah, no, I, I just think the talent across that defensive front is really starting to come to fruition. Uh, I mean, they, they totally shut down Arkansas's run game today. They made K.J. Jefferson – uncomfortable i said last week people asked me on player section with tavares king no sean marino which by the by the way we do that uh during the week as well so another reason to subscribe like turn on notifications all that kind of stuff i said that i just think even with max johnson at the helm they have the weapons on the outside they have the quality play along the lines of scrimmage that i just think they're especially with alabama and lsu and old miss kind of you know picking each other off. I think A&M is just a quality football team. And and I think Bobby Petrino being injected into that situation, very similarly to Kirby Moore being injected into the situation at Missouri for Eli Drinkwitz, I think it has freed up Jimbo Fisher to take care of some of the small things that were maybe going missed when he was game planning and stuff like that. And I really think that uh, A&M is going to be clicking on all cylinders. This is – not a game I don't think that Alabama is really looking forward to uh, going into College Station uh, next week. I, I like the Aggies a lot, Chris. Yeah, I think the question was, can they win the West? I, I think, why can't they win the whole thing, being the league I, at this point? I was going to ask, like, I don't know if any of us will do it this week, but there's someone out there that's going to put Texas A&M as n- at number one in their SEC power rankings this week ahead of Georgia. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it. I don't know. You know, we still got a day before we submit ours, but like, I, I wouldn't say I would just be completely, I mean, Blaine knows where I'm going here. He knows I'm going Ric Flair on this one to, to be the man. You got to beat the man. So Georgia's th- still the man until somebody beats him in my opinion. But if you're just talking about, again, maybe what you've seen all together, A&M had that one bad game, which, you know, Georgia's not had that bad game to that extent yet, but I wouldn't be shocked to see someone out there put A&M, and that goes off what you just said, Chris. Like, you could certainly make the argument that, hey, maybe they can win this whole thing. So, so you're Desmond, saying that Georgia, Desmond Howard saying, was a year too early. So you're saying that Georgia has spent more money on spilt liquor <laughs> than Texas A&M has made in the last two years. No, I mean it's just, uh, I'm just telling you that, hey, I agree. I think A&M is on the uptick, but they have a murderous stretch to go through here to even get to. I think they can. I think Georgia is still even more so than Texas A&M when you look at Texas A&M's offensive line. Uh, Georgia is by far and away the most the, – the deepest team in the country. They've got guys that are injured right now that aren't even playing, and they're still, they're still good enough to beat people when they play bad. You see what I'm saying? Like, Georgia is deep, and Georgia is gaining experience at key positions. So, I still think Georgia's – a long way to go. I uh, got a long way to go, and they're only going to get better by the end of the year. 
People people are now looking at Georgia, Chris, the same way they used to look at Alabama when a game was close. Everybody would go to the TV and say, is Georgia going to lose this one just like Bama? Is, is Bama going to – but then you realize, oh, wait, yeah, they they got guys who, who can make plays when it matters, even when it is tight, you know. So I think Georgia's going to – going to be fine, but Texas A&M is right there pushing them. Are those Listen, the best two better, defenses in this league? Kentucky's a very good defense, too. I would put well, Kentucky and, and in Well, Al Alabama would be – I think Alabama would be in that conversation. Kentucky, Missouri – I don't know if Missouri would be at the front of that conversation, but I think you at least mention them before you totally dismiss them. Um, yeah, and Missouri wouldn't be up there with Georgia and A&M, I don't think. But I think that's a good, solid team. I know. I agree. By the way, if you are a better out there, we talked about this on Brian Edwards show this week. Alabama was a three to three and a half point favorite at Texas A&M next week. I would jump on that line right now before it moves, because if Alabama and Mississippi state keep playing like this, I wouldn't be shocked if this thing keeps going down and down to the point to where A&M is the favorite next week. So anyone that's a better out there, Get that three points with AM right now if it's still there. I, I I can't find it at the moment, but just letting you know. What have we not hit on tonight? Um, I mean, we've touched on every game that has gone final. Um, like we said, we talked a little bit about Tennessee's up still a couple touchdowns on um South Carolina. And the Alabama-Mississippi State game, we'll obviously, you know, give our thoughts on that um, on Monday in the Blaine's morning show, and we'll have thoughts on the Daily Show and all that. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's – I think the theme of the week is people wanted to see if Kentucky can win, a, you know, beat Florida, and they did. They're 5-0. and Missouri, could they make it happen to get to 5-0? and They did. And – here we are, you know, with those two teams and how interesting now the East is, right? Georgia's unbeaten. Kentucky's unbeaten. Missouri's unbeaten. Um, Tennessee's about to, at this point, looks like about to get a good win to keep things going back in the right direction. So, Well, we didn't talk about this. Brew McCoy had yeah. a brutal, brutal oh, yeah. uh, injury, and that's sad for him because he's probably going to miss his, – his, his, his time may be done in Tennessee because I, I don't know if he's planning on going pro after this or what, but – uh not not great for him. You got to just, you know, prayers for best recovery possible. What was the injury? Because I was listening to that game on the radio and the broadcast crew was very careful in its wording and it would not really talk specifics. They just said the ambulance was ready pretty quickly. And it was, it was similar to a, a Marcus Lattimore type deal. Oh, boy. if you remember okay. that injury, it was really bad. Willis McGahee, that kind of that kind of injury. It was rough. Yeah. By the way, play to wins asking here, where's AM in the, the title? Guys, just so you know, we, we have limited space in our title. We can't make the title with every single team in there. So like we're not being selective. We're just picking the ones that um and also in our opinion, AM kind of did what they, they should have done. I mean, honestly, Arkansas didn't play it hasn't played inspired football. But AM, I think next week you'll see if AM's gonna be in the in the title. <laughs> Response here, Pedro's response in Texas. I appreciate that. Yes, but yeah, I mean A and M. We, we've yeah, I don't. We're not knocking A and M. It's just that's the the space we have to work with in, on YouTube. So um, that game probably wound up not being one of the thrilling games today, if you really think about it. So and it happened a long time ago. I was gonna say I feel like that game happened yesterday yeah. at this point. It's forever ago. So 
Let's I just want to ask you. The best running back in the SEC right now? I think by far and away he's got to yeah. be, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I want to ask you what surprised you guys the most today. Because I, I have a, I have two things, and, and one of them, just to spoil alert, it, it's Ray Davis. I, I knew Ray Davis was a good back. I didn't know Ray Davis was a almost rushed for 300 yards kind of against Florida kind of back. But and I've got one more thing, but I want to hear from you two first. I would just say the the not that Georgia started. So I think I think some of the undisciplined things they did in terms of the the lack of contain or the lack of awareness sometimes. Like, hey, you're 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 doing a four man rush and you get really wide in your rush lanes and go past the quarterback in man coverage and allow him to, to, to rush out. That's stuff you typically don't see Georgia do. I think they'll get that cleaned up defensively, but I would just say the lack of discipline in small areas defensively for Georgia was kind of a surprise for me. I mean, I didn't think there was a ton of just huge surprises today. I mean, I think that if I had one, it'd probably be that I just thought Arkansas would, play a better game i mean I, maybe that's it like i don't i don't know if that's shocking based on the inconsistency there but i just i didn't you know they're down what 34 16 fourth quarter like i just i don't know i we kept saying that that's a weird game sometimes and it was like they always find a way to play close games but i just thought that arkansas had some opportunities they didn't take advantage of it they didn't execute um and maybe for arkansas fans it's not that surprising but i just thought that they would, I thought they'd play a lot better. So maybe that's that's what I did. I thought maybe they'd build off of, you know, losing on a game winning field goal last week at LSU and maybe build off of that, but just didn't. So um, you know, I don't I guess the only other thing, some people may say LSU giving up that many points, but I'll be honest, Chris, like I'm I'm not stunned by that. Like I I know we said going into the season their defense could be this or that, but as the season has gone along, I think it's pretty clear that they're not you know they, they got a lot of work to do, especially again um, in multiple areas on the on the defensive side. And I mentioned the quote earlier from Brian Kelly on the secondary. So, well, guys, I think first of all, Blaine, to your comment about Georgia, uh, when I was watching that game and, and I saw Peyton Thorn break off that huge run to start the game, I'm like, man, I haven't seen Georgia give up a run like that in forever, where there just was nobody there. Uh, for for a long stretch of that run, so yeah, I, I think that was a little bit shocking. But you know, it's Georgia still won the game. And Blaine or Blake, you hit on mine. At, at LSU's defense, I get they've had issues at corner. They got a couple transfers. We saw that as an issue against Florida State, and, and even last week, and Arkansas's got a good offense in spite of what happened today. And you know, Arkansas. Move the ball pretty well on them. I mean, guys, we're we're cutting plays out of games this year. Not a lot, but you're not seeing as many 500 yard games out of teams this year as you are. 706 yards against LSU. Again, I, I get the struggles. How does that happen when you've got Mason Smith and you've got Harold Perkins and, and you've got all those guys that LSU's got? that helped win them a West title last year. I, that, that to me, okay. Again, if you say LSU is going to struggle a little bit, okay. I get why. If you, if you reload a corner, it doesn't go well, that can happen. 
I just thought there'd be enough other parts elsewhere to, to buffer that loss a little bit. And that was astonishing. I mean, a week after Ole Miss gets 10 against Alabama. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's it's tough to see why that hasn't, just particularly that front. We thought they'd get so much pressure and just be so dynamic that it would cover the ills of the secondary a little bit if there were any. And that just hadn't come to fruition. And hey, that's why they, it's the old adage, you know, that's why they play the games. But it's just the truth. You know, sometimes things pop up that you don't necessarily think are going to be the Achilles heel of a team and they turn out to be. So uh, LSU now out of the national championship picture pretty much out of the SEC West. Now, there are some teams that can – it can be a circular firing squad there, so who knows what could happen. But, um, yeah, I think really realistically – and how crazy is this, Blake? Your national championship hopes now out of the SEC all lie in the East with Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri, really. And maybe Alabama. Maybe Alabama if they – but I, I have a hard time believing Alabama is going to finish – finish out this year without another loss. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good teams out there elsewhere in terms of um, taking those spots too. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're seeing some of those teams that, you know, we kind of thought coming the season and uh, elsewhere in other conferences and they're starting to kind of make their, their mark. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. By the way, guys, we are going to hop off in about five minutes. So if you have any other comments, questions, anything like that, get them into the chat. And as we said earlier, if you want to sponsor, advertise here on our reaction show every Saturday night, uh, the morning report every day, uh, the daily show every day, like you, we are looking for advertising sponsors on that. So reach out, caroline.smith at southeastern14.com. You can find that in the scroll below. And if you want to leave a super chat set to donate to the channel, that always helps too. Um, and again, we always appreciate your support. Uh, your support is everything for us on this channel. So uh, keep the super chats coming. Keep joining the It Just Means More membership tier. We've got a lot of those uh, in here right now. And uh, $3.99 a month you can join on and uh, donate to the channel. Justin Allen said, why is Vanderbilt so terrible? Please use that, fi that's, that firing squad. <laughs> Justin pays us $3.99 a month on the It Just Means More tier <laughs> just so he can come in and get, make sure his comments get featured about Vanderbilt football uh, and his unhappiness with it. Uh, Justin, it starts with talent. They just they clearly don't have enough on the lines of scrimmage. That they've got two freshmen playing corners. It's not good enough. I don't think it gets much better for them this year. Although, hey, Vandy, Florida, sneaky, um, sneaky, interesting game next week. Maybe mm. Vanderbilt yeah, won we'll... seals today. By the way, if people didn't catch that, made made a change at quarterback and and did play better. I thought so. Wait, no doubt. Shout out to the Kentucky no fans for pounding beers today. They 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 listened to their coach. Congratulations <laughs> to the Kentucky fans. Early start, but they were they were pounding. Good for them. Oh, nineteen dollars suit, nineteen ninety nine from Guyton Bush. <laughs> uh, hear me out. Old Miss win wins out because Georgia doesn't look that good, and I'm not really scared of any teams on our schedule. Hey, you know anybody can win in the SEC this year. Coming to Athens and and uh, doing it is is I I just. I would caution everybody, as Blake said, before writing, writing Georgia's obituary here, especially with the big home games they have. But they are beatable this year for sure. Yeah, I would I would see that as a little more possible if that game were in Oxford rather than Athens. But who knows? Shout out to Justin. Donating five memberships. So, guys, if you're in the chat, 
Justin or Justin has um, maybe just donated a nice membership to you. So thank him uh, there for that. But all right, Chris, well, um, we've hit on every game, like I said, that's been played to this point in full. Um, we will have additional thoughts on Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi State coming up on our shows on Monday, uh, various places. But remember, guys, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, helps us out a ton. Uh, we always appreciate you joining us uh, on a Saturday night uh, after the action, one of the wildest weeks so far, maybe the wildest week so far. Um, so, yeah, this is a lot of fun as always. Parting thoughts, gentlemen. Start with you, Blaine. I just think it's the SEC, and you got to buckle up this year because it is you never know what you're going to get every every single week. So I'm excited to keep doing the coverage here and excited for a huge, huge matchup between Georgia and Kentucky next week. Yep. Kentucky's still unbeaten. Missouri's still unbeaten. Georgia's still unbeaten. Hmm. A lot of fun possibilities here moving forward. So, yeah, should be fun. Yeah, here's mine. I think Georgia-Kentucky, a lot more interesting in my mind following today's games than than coming in. Number oh, yeah. two, I, I think um, – I'll call now. Missouri's going to beat LSU in Columbia next week. Okay. So Missouri's nice. just more solid across. Yeah, oh, they are. Next week. Uh, that's right. And then um, – Oh, there was one more game. I was Alabama and Texas a m next week. Oh, yes, yes. And then and then the next week it's really interesting too. But yeah, I mean there's I, I looked at it at first and said I don't I don't know about next week, but now there's there's three games I really want to see for different reasons. So, at least at least three. And we'll have our previews and predictions going up on Monday, guys. You'll have those on Monday because we'll be uh, recording all those on Sunday night. So uh, we appreciate you tuning in with us. And like I said, like, subscribe, turn on notifications, and you get all the stuff we're doing going forward, Blake. Yep. Check it all out, guys. We got all kinds of shows every day. Like we said, Morning Report, Daily Show, um, Brian Edwards betting show every week. He's doing a couple now a week, so you get more betting advice there. Um, and yeah, Jake's show, just so much fun stuff on the channel. So if you're new, jumping in for the first time after all the action, hop aboard Southeastern 14. We're having a lot of fun here. All right. For Blaine Gilmer and Blake Lovell, I'm Chris Lee of Southeastern 14. We appreciate you watching. Again, you can go back and catch this whole thing on our channel. If you didn't see all of it, we'll have previews. As those guys said, we got the daily show 11 to noon every day. We got all kinds of stuff coming up. We got basketball content coming up soon, which is going to be music to the ears of, of a few fan bases after this week. So anyway, <laughs> probably true. All right, <laughs> for Blake and Blaine, I'm Chris Lee of Southeastern 14. We appreciate you watching. We'll see you again soon.